Welcome to Politically Enraged, the Lefty's Refuge. Politically Enraged is a podcast purpose-built to discuss British and international disunity in political spaces, talk through ideas, introduce you to amazing people, and fight back against authoritarianism. My name is David Moo, I'm your host, and I hope you'll stick with us. Follow our Twitter at Political Rages, find us on Instagram and Coffee at Politically Enraged, and let's speak truth to power. Hello, hello, bonjour, bienvenue to everyone and welcome to Politically Enraged, a podcast specifically designed to be the lefty's refuge. Today's podcast is going to be really interesting. I decided to catch up with someone who I've admired online for a long time, whose name is Konzo, and he is as he asked me to put it, just a dude who is a sex worker and who is currently organising to try and protect sex workers online from abuse, including from a very nefarious thing called the Nordic model, which is being modelled as something that will protect sex workers and people that are victims of sexual exploitation. But as you will hear in this podcast, it is not the case. Konzo is really awesome. You can find him on every piece of social media going. Um, he's got real cool tattoos and he's also a geek, as you will find out during the start of this podcast. So I'll give him a follow and listen to what he's got to say. And I hope you enjoy the podcast. So, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, hello. It's nice to... You? I'm good. It's nice to catch up with the IRL, as it were. I know this was kind of a last minute thing. We only been planning this for like the last 12 hours or so. I know, what can I say? I just felt this deep and urgent need to talk to you. And in case anyone wonders um, if you can, if I don't make this a video podcast, uh, Konzo is currently stroking his adorable cat. Uh, so if you hear any purrage, that's what that is. It's not just me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. He's uh he is hairless. Um, so it's skin on skin contact as we all enjoy. Uh, <laughs> his name is Hoden, which is German for testicles. He is a, it, it makes sense. <laughs> don't tell him that though he thinks his name is chicken <laughs> so we'll see how it goes i love it I, every pet that i ever have they never get to find out what their actual name is my cat's name was loki and he got locus locus pocus locus pocus smokus crocus rocus docus hocus and mm-hmm. i'm actually i'm not actually paraphrasing i used to call him that oh yeah my mom has like six corgis and she goes crazy one's like names buddy mcmumpkins the other one is uh yum yum wiggle butts it's just she's just gone <laughs> off the rocker with it I love it and could not stand your mother more from that. That is amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know what it is? But like as an adult, it's weird seeing your parents as like humans now. Like I've gone back home and it's so weird to look at my mom and be like, you used to be like this this figure at the head of the family. And now you're just like kind of an angry woman who drinks a lot. Like what is going on? This is being I, I had the weirdest. Um, do you know what Sonder is? Oh, I do not. It's a very rarely felt human emotion, which is when you suddenly become aware of the fact that like either somebody that you know or just people around you in the street have really complicated lives that Mm. are as nuanced and detailed as yours. And I was like, it's a bit depressing, but I was sat with my granddad when he was dying and all of a sudden I'm surrounded by all these photos of him, you know, like in the army and with my grandma and all these things. And suddenly I was like, wow, he had a whole life before I existed. It was weird. It was really Mm -hmm. weird. It is weird like that because, you know, you, you, it's it's very human to center yourself in the narrative of the story of life and whatnot, but it's it's an odd complex to be like, we are all experiencing different realities through different perceptions, through different train of thoughts here. I was like, it'd be cool if we all just like one hive mind. I would really enjoy that. Me too. I think uh, I wish one of the end, well, are you a gamer? Yeah. Yeah. 
to not spoiler it, if you like, do you mind mild Elden Ring possible spoilers? I am an Elden Lord, so go ahead. Fabulous. One of the endings is essentially just about like pulling everything into the fires of creation, into the, the crucible, and that means that everything becomes one. Yeah, uh, who would do that though? Because that's kind of the monster. There's only one proper ending, and that is going into the stars with the love of your life. If you don't do that, why why do Jimmy anything? Jimmy Runny. Jimmy Runny. Yeah, yeah that's what I that yeah, is, that's that is the I... only proper ending. That's the one I'm doing. I'm working very hard towards that. That's very nice. <laughs> I do enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I brought you here today, he said, sounding like Lex Luthor at a big table, because um, I've been keeping up with everything that's going on with you, with your videos recently, where you've been talking about like essentially being shamed by people for being a sex worker, which I think is gross. <sighs> Yeah, it's not, it's not just people, it's institutions. It is, you know, things that we all have come to expect to be, you know, perfect examples of how our society reflects groups of people with banks and housing and even the charitable institutions. Oscar, uh, I'm starting to get some slack from them about this profession. And it is, it's quite weird because as, you know, a straight passing white dude with a beard, this is my first taste of discrimination. I don't like it. No, thank you. I, I'm, I'll refuse I like how you've been handling it though, because I've seen so many people, like various different people on TikTok, female sex workers, non-binary sex workers, other male sex workers, straight passing, more femme, whatever you want to call it. All of them face these things and you can see the exasperation. And whilst I can tell that you're annoyed, the fact that you're actually doing something about it, I think is really admirable. Not to say that other people aren't, but it's it's nice to see someone standing up and saying, exactly why should I have to face this? Well, I think it's it's less bravery and more just a product of the privileges that I was born with because I'm allowed to do these things. I've never been gaslit into thinking that I'm not strong enough to fight systems because I've been told my entire life that I could literally do anything that I've wanted to. Like there was never anything to stop me. And I've talked to other sex workers, uh, mostly feminine presenting sex workers who have been you know, kind of helping me behind the scenes with a lot of information, a lot of different places to go. And their main thing is that I, I'm not in a position to where I can speak openly about this because they are fear, there's fear of the retaliation that they get with every time they breathe. Um, and that's not something that I see. I get nothing but hyped up on the internet. As you can see from my comment sections, they're mostly all very nice. I have to say your, your corner of the internet is like super nice and supportive. And I think it's like you said as well, you, you, you do call these things out. I love whenever, like, honestly, whenever I see a little comment at the top of your videos, I'm like, please let this be roasting a misogynist. Please <laughs> let this be roasting a misogynist. And it so often is. And I'm like, yes, destroy them. I like it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've come by the, the, the philosophy that in 2022, as connected as we all are, as much information as we all have, there cannot be a space for misogyny, sexism, any of the bigotry to go without consequences. If this is a little bit of a consequence, if they get that little bit of a heart's murmur, as soon as they see someone made a video to your comment, then that's, that's all I can really do. And that's all I want to do. Also, it's a little bit, uh, it's very nice to kind of get it out verbally all the the rage you have from seeing these things day in and day out i can imagine when you use the tools that you've got to try and fight back even if it's a little bit i think that you're doing something good and lately i was fine with this little corner that i'd carved myself out where i was just whinging about stuff and kind of just you know saying oh this isn't good enough but i don't really feel like that's enough now so like i you know like i want to move on to talk with you about I can see you're doing stuff to fight back and i'm trying to do the same thing I've, I've started to look at like making campaigns not necessarily that i'll head up but making campaigns that will make big changes to the stuff that i want to change and stuff 
And to be fair, demystifying sex workers and, and making people realize that sex workers are exactly the same as anybody else is, has always been a big thing for me, not for any particular reason other than because it's the truth. And I, I feel like the truth is important. I feel like we really need to hammer in this idea that like sex work is work. Um, and that there is a difference between sex work, sex exploitation, and sex trafficking. These three are not, you know, the same category. There is exploitation in this line of work as there is exploitation in every line of work, but that does not mean we can take away agency from sex workers to make their own decisions. They're not victims. If anything, they are very strong-willed, outspoken, very funny people who, who deserve a voice in the conversation, but they're usually shut out and, you know, they're a little bit was it manipulated into being seen as as these victims that are so traumatized that they can't stand up for themselves or if their experiences are just a product of their trauma in reality it's just it's an abusive relationship with whoever is trying to silence us well i like that you compare it to other work as well because people don't understand how seriously close the parallels are i have a friend um who's a sex worker and he's explained some very specific problems he's had in the industry like um partnering up with someone who um really didn't seem to care about how he felt about what was going on in scenes and stuff like that. Obviously that's fairly distinct to sex work, but for example, people don't look at being taken advantage of at work by like massive overtime, massive underpayment, being completely devalued by your boss. I've been sexually harassed at work. People don't mm. seem to understand that these things occur in every single type of job there is, including sex work, because it is very much a job just like any other job. Yeah, and, and the thing with sex work is like in our communities with, with the problem that your friend is facing that we are given a very uh, rare opportunity to hel hold people accountable. If you tell people that your boss uh, has treated you poorly or has exploited you, they assume that comes with the role of being the boss. There's no, there's a power dynamic that means you cannot in very few cases actually get justice for this exploitation in our sex worker community you know word gets around people will stop working with that people i have seen in countless cases someone acting inappropriately with other sex workers they have lost their accounts they have lost everything and they are gone just like that we are a self-regulating body as is any you know self-employed contractor we choose who we work with and that community knows but yeah i mean when it comes to comparing the two works I always, a line that I always usually say, what sounds like selling your body more, sex work or literally taking your body to a position to sell it to another person for, you know, they'll try to get as little out of you as they can for as much blah, 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 break your back for nine hours and come home. What one sounds more exploitative to you? And that's usually my, how I'm saying, this is work. My job just does not look the same. Well, it's the other thing about, that's why I mean about demystifying it as well. One of the things that, it, I felt like this since I was really young and I kind of became aware of like porn and the sex work industry and things like that. I don't understand how in, in the society we live in, we have people who will watch porn and be like, oh my God, that porn star is amazing. Yeah. And then they'll make fun of like sex workers on the street. And it's like, um, well, that's, that's, you know, it's a phenomenon in our society. People will consume the content with one hand and point a finger with the other. And mm -hmm. they don't see how hyper contradictory they are. You can't benefit from the labors of a workforce while also dis, uh, discriminating against that workforce. It just doesn't make sense. No, I think the biggest thing that's always confused me as well, 
and it's especially relevant right now with everything that's going on with the, you know, don't say gay bill and all of the anti-trans rhetoric and everything. We constantly get fed this line of what is and is not appropriate. And we, we can't talk about sexuality or gender with children. We'll show children films where people's skin melt off or we'll show people, you know, we'll show young people violence. We'll show young people hell, like horrible people, like actors that are horrendously abusive. Obviously there's limits on what children should see, but why is X okay and Y is not, which is a weird line to get into. I don't really know how to answer those things, but what confuses me is there's so much censorship on one thing, while on the other hand, it seems like people are fine with other things, which I would argue can be more damaging. Well, you just have to kind of call them out on the hypocrisy of it because, you know, a lot of these same people are, as soon as they see a baby that happens to be a boy, they're like, oh, you're going to be such a lady killer. They are already forcing the sexuality of their preferred sexuality on that baby. And like heterosexuality is a sexuality. You cannot say we cannot teach sexuality while still staying like, no, actually, this is just the default. So we'll be doing this. It's it's harmful. It's 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 once again, hypocritical. Uh, Any kind of relationship, be it, you know, man, woman, man, 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 woman, man, man, throw as much as you want in there. It is all a type of, of relationship and gender identity and you can't just, they're just trying to not say the quiet part out loud, which is we just don't want to show them the other. And there's always an in-group, out-group bias where the group in power is the in-group and anything that falls without it is then discriminated against. Now, because of social media, we finally have the ability to voice to be like, no, this isn't fucking okay. And there to be actual movements because of this and consequences of this, you know, this bigotry that has we've let slide for so long and that's what i absolutely love about social media is that it's giving power to people who otherwise years ago just had to sit by and take it and it's it's absolutely amazing to see i think social media is really important for people to use as a tool and it's one of the things i discovered like i every single time i talk about like how it i started out doing what i do like i just joined tiktok because i love cats and i just wanted to see people stroke cats and then I was like, oh man, I can't believe the government's getting away with saying this. And people were like, yeah, me either. And I was like, yay. And so I started putting more of my opinions on the internet. And as it turns out, a lot of people agree with them. And Mm -hmm. it was really like edifying because I was like, oh, so I'm not as alone as I thought I was. And from that slowly, slowly, I'm building up this community of people that get me and support each other in a really nice way, but also want to make positive change and that that was one of the things that drew me to you actually i can't it will it will genuinely be one of your videos where you were roasting some woman hating weirdo that made me be like i'm following this guy (laughs) yeah you know that's actually one of my my favorite things to do because you know when it comes to dismantling the patriarchy i think men have a a role to play in it we built the system we need to dismantle it at the same time we can't just let it all fall on the the shoulders of women It, it can't be done that way because men their entire life has been told that the only way they're able to tell like that their masculinity or to go outside their masculinity is bad is to hold it in contrast to be like to be feminine is wrong. So don't cry. That's what girls do. Don't play with dolls. That's what girls do. They never give you an answer why you should not do this other than the feminine is bad. So men will not listen to the opinion of, of feminine presenting people because that's what they've been told their entire life. And now it's a an unconscious bias. So men need to take a more active role in this conversation because unfortunately the men who are partaking in the sexism and uh, misogyny 
will not take women's opinion. They won't listen. They in one ear out the fucking other, which is shitty, but it's true. I just don't understand why people will go down that path because I, I never understand how you get there. Like we all have, and I, to, I'm, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to elaborate because we all have mothers and sisters and blah, blah, blah. You shouldn't need a mother or a sister or blah, blah, blah to care about women's opinions. But I don't understand where that starts. And I think one of the things I'm really interested in when it comes to like how we all grow and develop and come up with our biases and thoughts is where these things are formed and is not talking about these things part of the reason we become so exclusive because i'm of i'm very much of the opinion that if sexuality was normalized and talked about in very round terms people probably wouldn't be bigoted about it because if you've grown up since you were four knowing oh well sometimes boys like boys and that's fine you're not going to give a shit and if you know that sometimes people transition you're not going to give a shit whereas if it's kept a secret and you form this understanding of the world then when that's challenged after you've formed your opinion of the world, that's when you're like, well, no. And that's what causes the problems. It's the same, it's it's a different, but the same kind of stigma that comes with people that do sex work because you get told, not even in, in so much as words, but you get this opinion foisted on you by the way society is that sex work isn't a genuine form of labor. And that's obvious crap to anyone that understands how it works. Mm-hmm. I think it all it all comes down to the generational uh, not trauma, but the education we get passed down from from parent to, to child to child to adolescent and all that stuff. Because you know a kid's mind is very it's very curious. It'll ask questions. It will form opinions at a higher rate, and it won't stick with just one answer because anything can be true to them. I mean, my niece, uh, I was at home for a little bit and you know i was walking my niece to school and there they she told me that somebody had like two dads and she was like that's weird and then i i just literally sat down with her i was like why why is that weird i mean and then we go into the conversation about how love can express itself in different ways and people are different and you know and by the end of it they're like oh yeah i guess everyone is just a little bit different but you have to catch these things early but if someone is in an environment to where they're taught you know this is this religious this blah 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 this and they carry that into adulthood, it's going to be so much harder to change these minds. And I think that's where we get people who are stuck in these ideas that to us, we're like, what the fuck, dude, come on. Like, how does this make sense to you? Why, why openly hate people? It doesn't make sense. Exactly. I think that's why I'm interested the most in what the stuff that you're doing now is going to entail, because I've just never understood it. I've never understood how, like you said, guys will go on there's a there's a girl i can't remember her name she's extremely famous on OnlyFans. she gets thousands of comments from men just rebecca like is it her yeah she like yep. gets so many people insulting her and then she's like i don't get it because i know full well that you will subscribe to me i don't mm-hmm. why why is it that you'll watch it and then come and make fun of me and it's almost seen as like a power play like it doesn't make any sense so i guess demystifying it and making people understand this is one of the key things that will hopefully make people more accepting of it well unfortunately sex uh sex work has always been embodied in sexism misogyny dogma and fear and it's going to take a lot more voices speaking up on this to change that i mean there's a reason that my interactions are so wholesome and lovely even though i do the same job as you know my my feminine presenting counterpart and they get so much more hate. It's because, and I'm going to stick by this, and I, I don't have any data to back me up on this, but it's 100% true. Straight men hate women. 
I do not know why, but they do. I literally, I can't remember which article it even was. Oh, it was the, I don't know if you've seen, um, the, the Labour assistant leader, Angela Rayner, she was in the press on Sunday with this article about how she's trying to distract the prime minister by wearing revealing skirts and crossing her mm-hmm. legs. And she I existed. literally, I literally retweeted it and put, how come straight men hate women? Mm-hmm. Because here, here's a woman just existing, wearing clothes in front of a man. And it's insinuated that she's sneaky, that she's doing something devious. Not that he is completely unable to control himself in front of a grown dressed woman. Mm-hmm. The onus is on her. She's doing something bad. Well, if you think about it, it goes back to, you know, how this conversation first starts, even in school when, you know, it becomes summertime and uh, feminist dancing, people will wear crop tops or tank tops and they'll be chastised for trying to distract the boys. For them existing becomes something for men to consume. And that's what it, that's what it starts early on. And we need to catch that kind of rhetoric uh, for so long. There's just been completely normalized to be like, don't wear that. You'll distract the boys rather than, you know, saying, Hey, boys, stop being distracted by someone else's body. This is a person, not an object for you to sexualize. And just, it's just changing the language like that, that really early on, I think would make a big difference. But unfortunately we're at the point where a lot of damage has been done. Definitely. I think that figuring out how we go about identifying where problems start will be the first point of how to start making society a better place for the next generations. Because like, for example, like I, you, you probably know if you see my videos, I really am obsessed with talking in defense of trans people because of everything that's going on at the minute is insane. Of course. No, you cannot say that you stand by civil rights throughout history and yet actively go against civil rights right now. Trans rights yeah. are human rights. How can you not stand on the side of history? So I, I'm, I'm 100% there with you and I'm going to cheer you on the entire time. I think it confuses me the most though, because it's almost like people see transgender people as an exception to the rule. And I don't get how, if you, if you stigmatize any other social group in the way that trans people are being stigmatized right now, you just get met quite rightly with this wall of what the fuck are you talking about? You can't talk about people of color that way unless you sat in the basement of the Ku Klux Klan. You can't talk about gay people that way unless you're like, it, not even it the years of the ago. Vatican. Yeah. Like, and, but right now this is happening again and you just kind of look and you go, so you think that every other person is fine, but that group of people there, it, they're all creeps. Please justify. And they're like, oh, autogynophilia and i'm like that's literally not a thing it's literally being disproved by science oh no it hasn't it's like yeah i mean people will stick to what really kind of validates their reality but what my reality tells me right now is that there are a group of people who just want to exist and my opinion should not stop them from existing in a way that is not harming anyone is benefiting them it's scientifically proven to reduce harm in those communities and i think a lot of the problems that you know, these people have with the, the transgender community, especially um, trans women, is that they are projecting the qualities of cis males onto them. They're saying, oh, they are just going there to be creeps in the bathroom, or they just want to go beat women this. Like, we understand that's how you see, you know, cisgendered males wants, 
But at the same time, I've never seen a, a cis male walk out in the street. It's like, say, take a pub crawl, for instance, and they have to wear like a skirt or something like that. They will go out of their fucking way to let everyone know in the vicinity that they're in a pub crawl because they are so uncomfortable. Yet they think that someone is going to change the morphology of their body. You know, they go through hormone treatment therapy to get gender uh, confirming surgery just to creep on people in the bathroom. It doesn't make sense. Why, why keep pushing this? Imagine spending 99% of your time at home in a body that you don't like so that you can spend 1% of time in a public bathroom. It's mm-hmm. it just the, the mind boggles. But I think make it makes sense. I, we can't because it doesn't. But I think there's so many groups of people, whether it's gender, sexuality, um, skin color, whatever you want to do, that face stigmatization. And I, I, again, going back to the whole reason for this, like some of the stigmatization I see sex workers go through, regardless of who they are, what they do, what they look like. But then there's this parallel, like idolization of certain porn stars. And it's like, it's that that really mystifies me. I think what, what comes is people will, in, will tolerate porn stars and sex workers as long as they maintain in the idea of something they can consume, as long as they can objectify, as long as they can take what they want. But the second that that person starts to be its own person or to, you know, advocate for its own rights, like that group of people is now a burden and it's no longer for you to take, for you to pillage, for you to, you know, come through and demand what you want and give nothing. And that's the problem we're having, especially uh, I've, I've talked about the Nordic model a few times on my video. And this is something that I'm, I'm actively raging against because it has been adopted in Ireland, which is really fucking close to home. Canada, it was a uh, first, for anyone who doesn't know, the Nordic model is a, a law that was passed in Sweden in 1999, which made sex workers selling sex maintained, it stayed legal, but buying sex now became illegal. And if you're a business person, you know, good business, bro. But what we've seen from this and what we've seen from the the rhetoric people use is to protect people, you know, who are being sexually exploited or sex trafficked. This is the the victims that they hold up to say, you know, we're doing it for them. One, you have hurt the entire industry as a whole. And two, you've actually made it harder for people who are being sex trafficked to come forward because now, um, what is it? The the figure stated by the, the ugly mug says that uh, crimes against prostitute, uh, prostitutes have increased by 90% since the passing of this. And those violent those crimes that are violent have increased by 92%. So you're making life harder for them while actually giving no benefit. And it's just, it's policies like this that hold up victims of sexual exploitation to be like, look, we're helping them but they're hurting the entire industry without helping a single fucking person. Cause I don't know about you, but I can think of a thousand different ways to help sexually exploited people. And it's mostly go to the church, talk to, talk to the young children, see, see what's going on, see if they need help. That's my way. It makes total sense. I think then the question comes, what is next? I mean, as much as you can talk about, cause I don't know if you've got to keep stuff quiet while you're working on it, but what, what comes next for you? What's what are you working on? Well, tell you the truth, I, I have to work on something or else I'm going to lose my fucking mind. But uh, I have been talking with a few other charities. Uh, and the main thing that these charities have told me is that they need to play by the rules of the people in power. And this is actually something that I've, I've noticed while dealing with Oscar is that I need to, you know, communicate as if I have no power and I'm begging for them to understand. I cannot be accusatory. I cannot call out bullshit when I see it. And that's how they have to go against it in parliament as well, because Scotland, unfortunately, as liberal as they seem to be, uh, are very much anti-sex workers. And it's it's terrible. I mean, if you just look at the online harms bill and how that is going to force online sex workers to stop promoting online, and they are going to have to go back to the back alley to promote there. It's just like, 
all these bills need need a group to advocate against them but the way we have to do it is very much in a polite please please can we have some whites um so right now what i'm doing personally is i'm getting together sex workers who have an online presence and i'm going to put them in a group and then once uh charities or agencies that actively advocate have you know campaigns or have information that needs to be pushed out hopefully i'll be able to do a social media blitz to get this information out to as many people as i can you know but that's just that's all i can do oh sorry that was a bit of a tangent no no that was good um because that was my next question anyway is what can people i mean obviously i'll use my platform but what can people like me or people who have smaller platforms what can we do to help because that's the main thing we want to do i'm sure well, it's just like any group, you know, you just need to listen and to elevate voices that are talking about this. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I always feel like a big, a big fraud in any, any case where I advocate for anything. I cannot call myself a feminist. I cannot call myself an advocate. I can't, I really can't because I feel like that makes the, the title and the information revolve around me. So I, I'm very, I'm very cautious of my presence in these communities. So all you can do is like, be like, Yay, go go you anytime you see a sex worker, applaud them because they get a lot of shit online. Like just say you you're killing it. And then that's that's all you can do. That makes sense. When it comes to uh sort of uplifting voices and stuff, I think that's really important. And you did touch on something that always makes me laugh. And it's taken me so long to try and figure out how to word it. But to pick an example, a specific one, um, I don't talk that much about issues surrounding black people or just generally people of color on my platform, not because I don't care, but because for a while I was very mouthy about it. And then I started to realize that if a white person makes a platform that's purely based off of the oppression of people of color, they are in fact benefiting from the oppression of people of color and therefore are contributing to white supremacy, which Mm -hmm. like it takes some real thinking about and that's all I ever do. But I was like, if I build my entire platform off of just one thing around, even if it, even if it is around helping people, if I benefit from their continued oppression, I am contributing to it unless I am actually making real headway in stopping it. And so I'm very careful about what I do, but this, like I said, this is something that's bugged me for a while. Cause like as a gay guy and as an outspoken gay guy, I've had a lot of friends that are sex workers, I've had a lot of friends that are what, what do you call them? Uh, like rent boys and things like whatever you want to call it. Cause Full a lot of people choose. Work. Yeah. Like a lot of people choose different names for it and everything. And I'm comfortable with whatever people want to go by. And I've seen the exploitation that they go through, not because of the work that they do directly, but because of the way they're perceived because of the work. And I'm just like, yeah, that's actually a person who's just doing a job. And I don't really understand why you're being an asshole about it, but apparently mm. you're going to be. So changing that in, in any way, even a small way would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, it's absolutely amazing to, you know, speak about these things. And like you said, to build your entire platform off of advocating for a group that you're not in, that you cannot fully understand. It always just kind of feels kind of wrong. I don't know if you know that one guy, uh, turtleneck emo. Um, oh yeah. He, he made his entire pro actually, I don't know his, their pronouns. So I'm just going to say they made their entire platform off of advocating for fighting against misogyny and, you know, just feminist views and whatnot. And then, I don't know, but every single time I saw that profile, I felt gross. I was just like, what I, what you're saying with, I agree. But the fact that it's video after video, after video, after video, after video, followed by follow my Instagram, follow my Instagram. Anytime someone profits off the misfortune of a group and then, them bringing, it's such a weird dichotomy of thought, isn't it? Like, Hey, I'm glad that you're saying something, but also shut the fuck up. What, what are we doing? 
it's i think when it we, when it came to him it bothered me because it was only him it was only his face and i i mm. can't talk when it comes to my politics videos because it's always just me but i'm not trying to safeguard a group when i'm talking about that i'm talking about everybody's oppression including myself so mm -hmm. i don't necessarily see that as an issue but when it comes to you know talking about issues is why i wanted a podcast because i was like let's get people on that are actually affected by these issues and i'll sit yeah. down and hopefully shut the fuck up and get some answers which is what you know why i think this is really important and i think it's really cool to do mm -hmm. yeah i know but like every single time i saw their video and like it was just their face and stuff like that my my first thought is like are you just trying to show people how handsome you are like i get it like you're a good looking lad but like at the same time you just stop man like uh always elevate voices that have uh more nuance than yourself but i i really do appreciate you you let me come on because like i said i've been raging against this nordic model because unfortunately people do see it as something that helps people who are sex trafficked um and i believe it's because one study did publish uh said that like suggesting that the decriminalization of sex work in several countries led to the increase of human trafficking but in that same paper, they acknowledge that the fact that the data used does not reflect actual trafficking flows and is difficult, perhaps impossible, to find any evidence establishing a relationship between legal prostitution and human trafficking. So pretty much in the paper that people hold up to say we need the Nordic model, they're also saying our data is kind of a vibe and this is actually just our personal opinion. Yet we have data to show the harmful effects of the Nordic model, yet what people take from it is, oh, help people sex trafficking, nice. Um, so people, I do need to talk about this because this is my community and these are my friends who are silenced online or in person or caused to use unsafe practices or go into the, the, the dark webs to be able to, you know, promote themselves and it's making it unsafe for sex workers. They're actually causing more sex workers to run into the arms of people who will exploit them. And I just don't understand how we can see this law and not, not realize what we're doing. It's very frustrating. The problem with that law as well is that they look at it kind of, um, what's the phrase, in situ. They look at it in situ because they don't compare and contrast it with other things that are really important and affect these things as well. They'll talk quite often at the minute about people trafficking in general in the UK because there's all this stuff coming out about the Rwanda bill. But sex trafficking and people trafficking actually run hand in hand because a lot of people will be taken away when they're people trafficking and what people don't seem to realize when they talk about curtailing immigration by forcing people to go to rwanda if they come here in boats it, it doesn't put people off it doesn't it doesn't work it, it only makes it less safe for people to do it because it I means think, there's no safe route to try yeah i think it's pretty easy to see that the uk government as a whole does not care about victims of any sort they have an agenda that they're pushing and it's very frustrating that they're saying they care about people while in one hand while on the other hand they're about to slap you with some shit and like how how do you combat people saying we're doing this for the victims or we're doing this to make it easier or this and that and this when they're actively just hurting people how do you call that out with all the misinformation that they're giving one thing that would probably be quite handy for for sex workers in general as well because I know, I remember the outcry, was it last year when um, OnlyFans was going to just like sack everyone off? It was in December, yeah. Yeah, I remember. And I was just like, I was like dumbfounded. Like, why, why, would, you, why would you do this to a whole community of workers? And literally the people that make you money. But it was also, I just didn't understand what they, they had to gain. So I think well, 
from from Go that, my, my understanding of that is that there's a few different uh, elements that are going against it. One was a Christian national group that was pushing for MasterCard to no longer accept payments that had to do with um, sex work. And what they're saying is that on that website, you know, there could be children, there could be children selling sex or buying sex, uh, sexually explicit images. But, you know, there it'd be the same as like shutting down all the Internet because children could be viewing viewing pornography by hitting i'm over 18 on on only fans you have to one get a biometric scan of your face they send you to do that you need to show your your passport or any kind of identification and anytime that you work with anyone or anyone's showed up on your page they need to have a, a profile that verifies their age as well um it is impossible for them to go through all their content there will be people that slip through the loopholes of course but you know they're using this to shut down an entire industry and cause people like my friend pixie cat who cannot work a normal job because of their you know their social anxiety and a few other things that affect that this is the only way they can support themselves they would rather than be homeless and then say get fucked you know who cares than to actually address any of the issues or help anyone I wonder if it would be helpful down the line then to look at like a cooperative website that's built by sex workers for sex workers that focuses more around putting you there, guys rights foremost. There, there are websites like that. Uh, I know that Pocket Stars is owned and created by a sex worker, but you run into the same problem of how to accept payment. And, you know, if MasterCard is no longer accepting, it's, I mean, it was smart of the, the Christian group to go after the people that do the payments rather than the the websites themselves one website shut down you're fine you'll find another one sex workers it's the oldest profession in the world they will find a way um but by going after the, the people that accept payments if you get mastercard visa shut down on taking payments here then the entire industry stops um which has led people to ask is cryptocurrency the next best step in this path, um, I would rather jump out of a window than have a wallet with with Dogecoin or whatever it is. Um, I prefer not to, thank you. Oh, how about just getting paid in NFTs? I can't actually imagine any <laughs> Nice that was definitely, titties. That was definitely worth this uh, purple monkey in a hexagon, yeah. I actually got, Twitter asked me, do you want to make your profile an NFT? And I was like, Twitter, did you just ask if I get no bitches? Is that what you're just saying? Yeah, it did the same thing to me on all of my profiles. And I was just like, yeah. do, do you know me? <laughs> They're like, are you maidenless? Would you like an NFT? We got the one for you. No, it's but, a picture I mean, of you crying in a closet. <laughs> I mean, uh, somebody made a, a great idea. Like if you get an unsolicited dick pic to make it into an NFT and then have that person buy it back to get it taken off the blockchain. I mean, I don't know <laughs> if this actually goes against reverse porn, a, re a revenge porn, or, you know, if this is going to be protected in the online sex bill act. Um, but it was a great idea. I loved it. That, you know what, right? That's one of my favorite things because the only people that I mainly have positive conversations with about unsolicited nudes and stuff are sex workers mm -hmm. because sex workers understand one, the value of it. And two, that you don't fucking send stuff like that unless people want it. I've, I've actually had to get rid of a friend, um, someone in our friendship group for many reasons, but one of them was that a sex worker put on their story, um, you know, her in a, a, a bathing suit kind of thing. And then he sent back a video of him touching himself. Uh, and then we're like, this was, we're not going to take this shit. Like, this isn't what you do. They did a couple of other things as well, but I mean, it showed a pattern of behavior that we're just like, we, we can't be friends with you, man. Like, and this was a sex worker as well. They knew better. And this is how it's a self-regulating industry because we stopped, you know, as a community stopped engaging with them. 
I'm curious about your take on like unsolicited nudes and stuff, because this is like, you will know from seeing me online, I rarely struggle to like articulate points, but I just, I, I understand my own points on it, but I have never, ever, ever sent an unsolicited nude to another human being. Of course not. Do you, do you like understand any kind of like mindset of why someone would do it? Because I literally can't put myself in the mindset of someone that's like, that person's attractive. I'm going to send them a photograph of my penis. Well, this might, this might be me kind of jumping into some categories that I do not know enough about because these are new communities that I'm in. But, you know, ever since I've started to, you know, come forward to the fact that I find men attractive and this is, you know, I've always found men attractive. I just thought I was like a cool straight dude. But now that I'm like more accepting of myself and like just understand that love flows where it goes kind of thing. I've been talking to some men and I've understood in that period of time that things get sexual really quickly in these communities. And it's been points to where I've, I've sent three or four messages and got a dick pic back. I'm just like, what is going on here? I don't understand the process of it, but I believe that it has worked in the past to where it got the conversation to where they wanted it to, because horny, stupid slut monkeys that we are, you know, that's all we're just, Bono- what was it? Bonobos? Bonobos? Bonobos. The horniest of monkeys. <laughs> I have a degree in biology. I should know this. Um, <laughs> but no, this I think that's where it gets them. But they don't understand just how big of a violation of consent that is. You wouldn't go out and do that on the streets. You would be able to read a social cue if somebody wants something or if it's communicated. It's easy just to be like, hey, would you like to see me naked? I think that's the thing that I just never understood with it. Like, I, I no one messaged me about this, but I have an alt on Twitter, which I mainly use for consuming porn. And... When I'm on that alt, I don't really care that much if people send unsolicited nudes and stuff, because that's what that alt is for. It is not for anything else. So if I'm on there, I mm-hmm. automatically want that kind of thing. But You're I guess we consent to it. But I have a six and a half K strong following on Twitter for my political stuff and just my general, hey, my name's David and I'm a fucking huge geek. And I get dick pics on there and I just, I sit there and I open them and I'm like, why, why, why? I think this kind of stems from people believe that if you like men, then you like all men. So this is warranted. But no, it's like there's no way you can enjoy every human body out there. You're going to find some that just aren't for you. And I think it's it's very presumptuous and it, it kind of gets rid of any kind of social norms. It'd be like, here's my penis. And it's it's gross. I mean, it's not acceptable in the sex worker community. That's for sure. People have been you know chased off the internet for doing just that. I just find it so strange because... I don't, I, I, I've had this conversation with straight men where I've been like, oh, this, this weird guy just sent me a picture of his dick and they'll, they'll literally be like, oh, I'd love it if women. And I'm just like, but why, what do you get out of seeing a disembodied picture of anybody's genitals? Like, what, mm-hmm. what, what do you get out of it? Like. I it's, don't not like they look at a, it's not like they look at a textbook and be like, oh my God, is that a vulva? Oh, oh, where's... Exactly. It's so weird. And it's like, I can't imagine what these guys must be like if, say, someone comes herring out of a building that's on fire, like in a towel, all soapy from the shower. And is their immediate thought not, holy fuck, are they okay? It's like, oh, you know, sexy legs. Yeah. It's like... It once again goes towards how you view human bodies. Do you see them as a person or do you see them as an object to be consumed? And I think this does, you know, it does say a lot about our culture, a lot about, you know, the position that we're in that people can, you know, they'll, they'll see like a a feminine presenting person bend over in a video. And if they see a nip, 
they are losing their fucking mind. They are only happy for this content. But if, if that person, they're only happy for this content when they can take it without their consent. If that, say another person flashed them, then they would be like, hey, you slut. How dare you do this? Blah, blah, blah. But it's just, it's one of those things that I still need to like form my, my opinions on to fucking, to actually articulate it well. I used to think it might be about power dynamics. And I think that's why a lot of these people tend to be anti-sex worker because if the person's volunteering to put that out there and gaining something from it monetarily, mm. then they don't like it. Whereas if they're, if they can objectify, they think it's them that have the power. I always find that really funny. Um, if I really fancy a guy, whether I see their genitals or not, they have got the power over me because I will be like, <laughs> <laughs> like, and Hello. that's just like, that's just a hundred percent me as a person. And what you said is absolutely true. Like it, it does come down to like the power dynamic because if some, somebody's selling their nudes, people will leak it and then they'll brag about leaking it. Be like, oh, we can consume the product without giving that person anything now because you know, that's, they're happy to consume it, but they just don't want the person to benefit who, who made the content. And it is, it's incredibly a big violation of consent because that person has posted this in a place to where they are comfortable with it being, you have taken it from that place and you have posted it as elsewhere where they have no control. And just think about doing that in any other sense, say you're in high school and somebody sends you a nude and you posted it all online, you would be a sex offender you would be the worst human ever. But now we do this to sex workers and suddenly it's ha ha he he. It's just part of the business. Uh, no one has signed up to a business to be exploited like that. And people who do that need to realize like you are in fact violating consent. But I don't think they care. I don't think, like I, I do not think straight men care. I have I brought this up many times with like, hey, you have violated this person's consent. They're like, ha bro, whatevs, normal Sunday. Like this is who they are. And I don't mean to make generalizations. I know not all men, but fucking most of them. I, I don't know if you saw it. You probably won't have done actually, but I wrote a piece that I think this weekend literally called, we need to talk about the men who say not all men. Because oh, really? yeah, like it might not be, we know that we know that it's not all men, but it's how, how do you quantify who it is? If people say men, that isn't all men. If people say all men, it's we're talking about all men, but even then, mm -hmm. they're still outliers. But if you say men are men are sometimes predatory, is that right or wrong? No, that is right because men are sometimes predatory. Men are predatory. There are men out there who are predatory, so therefore, men are predatory. It's it's not so much of a. I think people who know the difference will know, like by someone saying that, they're not talking about me because I'm not being predatory. But the ones that you know that really vocalize you know, hey, that's blah, blah, blah. It's one of those like hit dogs holler kind of thing. Yeah, like I don't need, I don't feel the need ever to say not all men because I'm a man who's not like that. So I don't need to tell people I'm not like that overtly in a conversation. And the mm -hmm. main thing is as well, when it comes to conversations like this, where we're talking about sex workers rights or where we're talking about transgender people equality or when we're talking about sexuality or whatever it is, if I'm in the middle of going, you know, as a gay guy, I, I, I literally got the F slur shouted at me like the week before last. And if, if you jump in with like, well, not, not all straight people do that. Mm -hmm. so it doesn't do I, anything for you. Like I should, I should stop the conversation about something bad that happened to me so that you can reassure everybody that you're a really good person. Like, yeah. Just, I think uh, someone just, someone said it really well um, recently. It's like they are more worried about their reputation than your experience. 
um, which, which is, is a terrible priority list. People will say things like that. And it's actually one of my main fixations right now is why men will only bring up issues facing men as a tool to silence women who are talking about their experiences. It's, they're more people, I think they're more worried about maintaining the status quo and silencing people from speaking up than they are about anything. Because once you've had power for so long, equality feels like oppression and they just can't stand it. Exactly. Um, this was a really cool conversation. And yeah, it was fun, I, David. I enjoyed. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to cover? The Nordic model does not care about victims of sexual exploitation. It only cares about controlling people's right to do whatever work they want. It is not something that belongs in the UK. It's not something that belongs anywhere. And there is enough academia research out there to show that it helps no one. Do not be lied to and be told that is it's something that it's not. Fuck the Nordic model. Fuck the Nordic model. I like it. Well, the title of this podcast. I do you know what? I will I will write that down in my horrible thanks, handwriting. Thanks so much. I really appreciate that. The Nordic model. Just pray that I can read it because it might come out with <laughs> Flan, Flan, the metal cran. But um I, actually I prefer that one. That way it's a little bit of an inside joke. And people actually know the real meaning if they ever get to the end. Flan the metal cram. Perfect. Cool. I'll do that. But no, this is really awesome. Thank you so much for sparing some time. And if I can do any, obviously I think your platform's like five times my size, <laughs> but if I can do anything, please let me know. Cause I like, this is something that I really do care about. So just keep fighting the good fight. There's going to be so many things out there that you're going to care about and want to fight against. You're going to exhaust yourself. So just do what you can and remember to take some time because it's a long fight. They're all fucking long fights. Thanks for listening to Politically Enraged, a podcast designed to discuss politics palatably. If you're interested in following us on social media, you can find me at Davey Moo pretty much everywhere. And you can also find us on Instagram at Politically Enraged, where you can see the blog. You can find us on Kofi in case you'd like to caffeinate me. And you can find us on Twitter at Political Rages. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, stay politically engaged and get politically enraged. Because remember, we deserve better.